Broadcasting live from an airstream somewhere in Tornado Alley, bringing you the people, places, and stories from the Panhandle to the Red River. This is your Only in Oklahoma show. And welcome to the show. We're headed back to the fried onion burger country, El Reno, Oklahoma. This time it's for the sequel to the hit play Secrets of the Buttermilk Hotel. And we're talking to director Scott McBee at the El Reno Community Theater. Also, going to help you choose some safe costumes for you and your little ghouls and goblins with a little help from KOCO.com. I'm Brett. And I am Harley. Harley. You were a busy guy this weekend. I was. Had some family in town from out of state. Whereabouts? From the Washington area. Long ways from here. Yes. And uh, we went down to Medicine Park. You know, we spent a lot of time down there. We went thinking we were just going to do some shopping, souvenir shopping, just walk on the trails. That Touristy sort of stuff. stuff yeah. yeah. But when we got there, we had found out that we arrived just in time. For the 11th Annual Art Walk and Flute Festival. <laughs> Isn't it kind of cool, though, when you go to do something that's kind of normal and you end up stumbling into something that's completely different? I'm going to say that when you get out of your car and you hear a steady drum beat you probably from follow off, the, in, off in the distance. You follow the music at that point, I think. It adds a little bit of excitement to your walk. So do tell. What'd you get into? We saw some some authentic Native American dances. Some flute players. If you've never experienced it before, I'm telling you right now, it will awaken the spirit. I'm telling you. It was amazing. It's something to behold, for sure. Um, it's definitely something that I would recommend. Uh, I know we're full 364 days away from the 12th annual Art Walk and Flute Festival, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that we're probably going to talk about some other events that may be a little sooner on the calendar. Well, I mean, Oklahoma, I'm sorry. You know, it's a great state. It's culturally just completely saturated. There are really cool things to do 364 more days of the year. No no (laughs) doubt about it. But more to the point, it's one of the things we talked about getting into the show. There are a lot of misconceptions about Oklahoma. Things to Not only things to do here, but what we look like as a landscape. And you had kind of a little funny story from Uh, Aunt Karen. Karen. So Aunt Karen had pictured Oklahoma as 1920s era dust bowl. Right. Just and she was shocked that we actually had green things growing in the state. And that prohibition was over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, telling you. We took her down there. We checked out the uh, the new aquarium, the Medicine Park Aquarium and Natural Sciences Center. It's a relatively new installation. Super interesting. A lot of educational type information. The staff is super friendly, super educated engaging. and engaging. Right. They've they've got a butterfly and wildflower walk outside. They're adding in all sorts of different activities that they're in the process of building, like on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. It looks amazing. It's definitely something that I would recommend if you're down in the area. And then, of course, we had to stop for some local fare. Mm-hmm. The old plantation restaurant. I had the pork chops. Aunt Karen, who's a vegetarian, mm-hmm. had a garden salad the size of a garden. Right? Uh, but it was fun. You know, that's the thing. I, the other thing about the old plantation restaurant, it doesn't matter how often you go, they're consistently really good. And that's the thing, too. It's hard to choose just one place. You know, it's the biggest building on the block, but there's so many other little stands and markets and restaurants. It's a great place to be. And if you're looking for a cabin, they got those, too. You can get cabins down there. 
Well, since the the art walk and flute festival was going on, we I also got to meet some local artists. Mm-hmm. Man, there's some really cool stuff. I posted some pictures on the Facebook page. There's a woman. Her name eludes me at this moment in time, but it is on the Facebook page. She does artwork out of gourds, like Dremel and... See, that's unusual. Gourds are usually kind of something you see more during the fall. They're just kind of... And they're beautiful in their own right, but the fact that she takes these tools... Dude, I'm telling you, the the intricacy of this artwork was mind-boggling. And then I ran into another guy who does work in steel, and I thought it was all computer cut. You're such a... You're such a skeptic. Dude, I, it just, it looked too perfect to be done by hand, but he's got videos running there in his stand of him doing this by hand. Wow. You don't believe in the, you don't believe in the crystal skulls. You don't believe in the handmade metal art pieces. What is it? You don't, what do you believe in? I believe in handmade metal (laughs) Bigfoot. I saw several. So did you go up to Mount Scott? It's actually closed. The, the road up to Mount Scott is closed currently. They're doing some repair work. A little fun fact, my great-grandfather actually helped build the road. No. That mountain, yeah. No, that's amazing, dude. Yeah, that's it's pretty cool. That's a cool family yeah. story. Yeah, it really is. And my, my grandpa used to look for fossils and things up in there. It's a prehistoric... I'm telling you, if you're in the area, you'll swear. If you close your eyes, you can see dinosaurs. I mean, it's just a completely... It's like jurassic park without the, the one of the, one the, of the things that i love and i saw an art installation uh, a young lady does photography out there of the buffalo and mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff the buffalo are amazing creatures for starters mm-hmm. but we used to have 60 million buffalo in the united states right I, we've got a few thousand crazy i they're they're so majestic they're so beautiful i can't see why Where'd they all go? Where did the buffalo go? I think that's in, in their oh, name. No, of- I. We know where they went. Yes, we. May, it's not a a good part of U.S. history, but you might recognize the name Buffalo Bill. That's true. Yeah, he didn't get the name from liking the football team. No, he did not. Speaking of football, yeah. Oh, you Texas. Big game over the weekend. As it always is, if you are into that sort of thing, that's what I did. I glued my butt to the seat and uh, ate some pizza, watched a game. Great game, as always. Boomer Sooner. I mean, what so else? So, could- mandatory, by yeah. law, Yeah. as a former student of OU, I have to be an OU fan. With that being said... By proxy, yes, you are. I'm, I'm not really a huge football fan. Yeah. But I did read something about everybody getting, uh, like, a violation at the beginning of the game and if anybody fouled throughout the game they were out of the game right what was that all about there was a personal foul they met at the the midfield at about i think it was shortly before 11 about 10 30 or so and there was a little bit of a scuffle that took place and yeah it pretty much if you guys get into any type of a dust up during the game any player involved is gone so i will say that there wasn't a lot of that or any of that there was a couple of times where uh, or at least one time a Texas player got ejected for, for something unrelated to the, the pregame warm-up. But uh, clean game, good game, entertaining. You know, the, the right team won, in my opinion. So enjoyed that. I didn't have near as an exciting weekend. I did a lot of jumping up and down and yelling at the top of my lungs. So my throat's a little sore, but I'm here. <laughs> but we are headed from Mount Scott to Director Scott after this. Okay, before we go any further, uh, where'd you get that shirt? You mean this custom designed only an okay shirt? Dude, the podcast is 17 seconds old. 
The guys over at Master Threads printed them up for us. Well, apparently not us. I don't have a only in Oklahoma shirt. Oh, did you not get yours? Oh, and apparently a hat as well, embroidered. How is this even possible? Brett, I'm just going to say that Master Threads is an Oklahoma-based company specializing in professional graphic design and embroidery. And apparently lightning fast turnaround. Absolutely. So they had made shirts for us in the past, back in the days when we were only international award-winning podcasters. Mm-hmm. They nailed that order, too. Well, apparently, I'll have to call Jeff and the team at Master Threads myself to make it happen. But if you need local products from a local company you can trust, check out Master Threads at masterthreads.us. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-T-H-R-E-A-D-S dot U-S. Master Threads. Well, way out west, there's a little town called El Reno, and they've got something going on that I think you're going to be interested in. It's a dark and stormy night at the Buttermilk Hotel. It opens October the 18th, and the director, Scott McBee, is on with me. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you today? I'm good. <laughs> if Lord, if they only knew how much we worked on yeah. that. <laughs> it so, sounded great. Thanks. So, Scott. Community Theater. How long has El Reno been putting this together, and how long have you been involved? Well, El Reno Community Theater actually started way back in 1978, so we've actually been around for a long time. There was a hiatus period in the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. We kind of picked it back up again in 2010, and so uh, I was actually involved. uh, My grandmother was heavily involved back in the 80s, and so I did a lot of things with them at that point. Got back involved when the they moved everything uh, up and restarted again. So I've been involved since we restarted back in 2010. So the I was going to throw in the well, you were grandmothered in. Uh, I guess that <laughs> I've never, I've never, so it's never speak, been yes. right. It's never been that on the nose. I didn't even know if I should take the opportunity to do that. You always have to take one if it's right there. So, Scott, you've been at it for a while. Did you start out as kind of were you building props? What Where'd you get started? I kind of do, uh, I'm jack of all trades, really. I, I do prop building, set building, on stage work, backstage, lights, uh, sound. I've done it all. In this current incarnation that we're going through right now, started out by doing small roles and then kind of helping out backstage and had some good directors that put me on stage for a couple of really big roles. I was Mushnick in uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, cool. And so uh, kind of went from there and and then decided I wanted to uh, direct. So I, I started uh, directing in 2014 with Kids Play. It was called uh, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever. So okay. first directorship, had 50 kids involved. Didn't quite know what I was getting myself into at that point. Yeah, when I was in high school, I was in drama. I did a monologue for Macbeth, and I was never asked to do anything again. But I think I'm a better actor now. <laughs> I think I'm a better actor now. I chose voice acting. That way I don't, I don't have to look good. I just have to kind of sound like the person I'm trying to play. So There Scott, you go. So, Scott, what what's your favorite? You know, Do you prefer to act over? I mean, I well, mean, <laughs> you know. I, I love the spotlight, uh, yeah. as uh, those that are, that are here will tell you. Uh-huh. Um, so I like to uh, I like to be on stage during the shows, but up to the shows, I I love to do the the set and prop work stuff because that just gets that that physical side, oh, yeah. uh, the physical labor out of the way too. Community theater, it's just what it sounds like. It, can any just any Joe schmo off the street say, "Hey, I 
I want to be, you know, I want to be the bus boy in the restaurant scene. How does this, how do you get involved? Well, so we, for every show that we have, we hold open auditions. Uh, in fact, we've got some going on right now for our next show. Uh, we're already lining that up, which is Fruitcakes. So it'll be later in November. So we just hold an open audition. We put that out on our Facebook page and spread the word. And anybody that wants to come and, and try out can do that. If, if they don't feel like they need to be on stage, because there's some people that, that just don't want to be on stage. Right. And, uh, you know, they can come and volunteer to, to do sets or props or lights or whatever else might need being done. Well, if you do a an Ewoks like a journey to Endor and you're looking for walk-ons <laughs> for Ewoks, I'm no Clark, uh, Clark Gable, that's for sure. So big doings coming up. You got one coming up opening the 18th, A Dark and Stormy Night at the Buttermilk Hotel. It is the sequel to the secrets of the Buttermilk Hotel. And if people don't know what happened the first time around, can you give a little bit of background on that? So in Secrets of the Buttermilk Hotel, we have a fictional town called Buttermilk, Oklahoma. There are four characters that went together and they bought this old hotel and they've done some things to renovate it, but they're just not getting the right kind of people. You know, they're just not getting people in the door. And so this uh, newspaper man comes through and one of the local townsmen tells him that the hotel's haunted. And okay. so he writes a newspaper story about it. And all of a sudden, you get all these people that want to stay at the haunted hotel. Mm -hmm. If you watch Facebook, you'll see quite a bit of that going on oh, right yes, there anyway. I do that. <laughs> yeah, I deal with it on a daily. <laughs> and, uh, and so what, what happens is because they don't think that the hotel's haunted, they, they rig up some things like a uh, rocking chair that moves by itself and a picture that tilts by itself and to make it seem like the hotel's haunted. And lo and behold, at the end of the play, you get the surprise that a, the hotel actually is haunted. Oh, wow. Okay. So there's a little little twist at the end there. So that's the first one, right? That's the premise right. of the first one. Correct. So how, I was kind of reading the premise to the second one. How does that set up the dark and stormy aspect? So the dark and stormy night, it's, it's, it's a sequel, but it's, it is something that goes on its own. Okay. Uh, you don't have to know what happened in the first one, other than the fact that the, the four hotel owners are returning. And so we're back at the hotel. And in this one, there's some, some guests that come to stay at the hotel, and they've all got an agenda of their own. And so chaos ensues, and there's right. a lot of, lot of comedy, a lot of thunder and lightning and storm sirens going off. So how long is this going to run? So we actually run for uh, two weekends. Uh, you mentioned earlier that we are opening on October 18th, and so we're going that weekend, October 18th, 19th, and 20th. And then uh, we go the next weekend, which is the 25th, 26th, and 27th. So that's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Friday and Saturday shows are at 7, and the Sunday shows are matinees at 3. Okay. And if we want to get tickets, do we have to go to El Reno? Can we get them online? What's the best way to do that? Yeah, you, you can actually get them online and go to our Facebook page and get directed to our online ticket sales from there. Or you can go directly to uh, Well Attended, which is our online ticket sales at uh, elreno.wellattended.com. Well, I guess that almost kind of answers my, my last question is, what is the best way for people to get in touch with, with you via social media or otherwise? Yeah, social media. Facebook is our, our biggest place right now. We do have our website as well, which is ERCTinfo.com, ERCT, like El Reno Community Theater, info.com. But our Facebook page is probably the most common way to get in touch with us. Well, Scott, I appreciate what you're doing uh, as a former thespian myself, but I, I appreciate what you guys are doing out there and uh, really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, absolutely. I enjoyed it. Uh, love to do that again at any time.
All right, Harley. Have you done any one thing for three decades like no. that, that you loved? Sleep. Sleep? You've done it for three <laughs> I practiced regularly. <laughs> okay, I got to say that you've got some... You got some chops with this interview thing. Some of your one-liners, I think we just need to start cutting them out and posting them separately. What were your takeaways? Tell me what's good about me. I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. But I like the idea of buttermilk Oklahoma. Right. I mean, for starters, it sounds like it could very well be a town in Oklahoma. But the the thing that kills me more than anything is the the whole meta aspect Mm -hmm. of this play. Us interviewing this guy about this play where somebody in the play starts a rumor about a house being haunted and that becomes an activity. So we're talking about an activity that's talking about an activity that we would be talking about as an activity. It's super meta. It's breaking my brain. Yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, you almost, it's like, it feels like a fourth wall has been broken or something like that. Right. But I love the concept of, again, creating this, this world where the Buttermilk Hotel is essentially a character within itself. You've got the first story that's completely separate from the second story, but it all surrounds a central location. I think that's pretty cool. You see a lot of that in TV shows, kind of like American Horror Story, where you have these interchangeable characters in this kind of a connected universe. But it's rare, and maybe I'm just not paying attention, it's rare that you see it in this type of a medium. But I think it's cool. I also think it's cool community theater. Come one, come all. So, yeah, open auditions. Right. I think that's awesome, uh, getting people involved in that sort of thing. Now, it says that anyone can work on productions. <laughs> do they, do they really mean anyone? I, I, Scott's, I mean, Scott had me convinced I'm that it was the right you, choice for me to try it. I'm going to be the guy. He's going to be like, okay, I need you to go out onto the street and hold this sign. Right. You're the spinner, like the guy that's like trying to sell pizza yeah. or oral changes, but it's, yeah. it'll be, don't spin it. Just stand there yeah. with the sign. Yeah. I mean, it's a great, great group of people up there at the community theater and they've invited us to come. Don't we were too busy doing this? Like, unless they mind us recording from their lobby <laughs> and editing and doing all of our post and pre-production. Me typing away frantically on my laptop in the audience. Yeah, I'm <laughs> right. not sure if that's going right. to work. So we may get out there. They're doing another production closer to Christmas that's kind of more that holiday-themed, which is called Fruitcakes. So, you know, we may have to trot on out to El Reno, grab us an onion burger. And, but uh, before we move all the way to Christmas... yeah. I think we need to talk about some Halloween costume do's and don'ts. That's right. We got five alive keeping you advised. Coming up next. All right. Six goes into seven. One is it? God, I'm so frustrated. I'm scared to death. I'm an independent contractor, and I don't want to get punched in the jimmy by the IRS. Brett, why don't you give our buddy Justin over at the Holiday Tax Group a call? One of their specialties is tax preparation and planning. And then on top of that, if you have a run-in with the IRS, they're going to have your back. Perfect. But how do I find them? You can reach them at HolidayTaxGroup.com. And if the independent contractor thing works out for you, they also do estate planning. So they got you back on that one as well. Oh, thank goodness. Thanks for the advice. That's HolidayTaxGroup.com. Holiday with two L's. I said five alive. Dude, what are you what doing? It? It's 19. Is this 1980? I'm pretty sure that that's copywritten to start <laughs> I with. I can't say five this alive. This whole thing's getting cut from the internet. They don't even, I don't think they even use five alive anymore. They don't even say that. So yeah, it's okay. I think it's still in their like Rolodex of 
registrations and patents pending and all of that. Yeah, that's true. Somebody probably still owns it. But, all right, there's a right way and a wrong way, apparently, to choose a safe costume for trick-or-treating this Halloween. Yes. I think we've probably... Growing up in Oklahoma, I know for a fact that I've been out in unsafe costumes as a child. These lists didn't exist, and it wasn't just because of the internet. They didn't care if we were safe in the 80s until somebody said there might be a razor blade in the apples. That's the, that is the only time I heard anything about safety in Halloween in the same sense. Right, but I think just to start off, if you have your child dressed up as... I don't know, a vampire in an all-black outfit with a black cape. A ninja. Or a ninja. Right. From the back, he's not visible. So I think we need to, I don't know. Okay, so one thing that they say about darker costumes. Yes. Add glitter with makeup or fabric paint or jewelry. So bling, bling, or paint. Some of those light-up tennis shoes. Light-up tennis shoes? I know you're you're going to mess up the overall theme Aesthetic. of your Count Dracula, right? if he's got neon white shoes that light up in the dark. Uh, but I like that idea. Change up your shoes. Accessories, I think you could do, do a lot with accessories. That, like a glow-in-the-dark sword? I like it. Because it, it's still kind of a light or lights. Hey, any character could carry a lightsaber, right? Uh, I don't know. We can, we can get the Jedi OKC team back on, but I'm not 100% sure on the legality of that. Can a cleric carry a, a lightsaber? Are we playing D&D over here? I don't Did know. Did you say a cleric? <laughs> um, I think the last thing that they had mentioned was glow sticks. Glow sticks. Now, glow th- sticks are fun all year round. Yes, they are. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I was a kid, I couldn't afford them, or I don't know why I didn't have them, but my best friend, Regina Woods, she had the hookup. Shout out to Regina Woods. Woo-hoo. Shout out to Regina Woods. She's not Woods anymore. But uh, she had the glow sticks. And she also remembers going to, we went to South Community Hospital together. We just talked about it. It's a, it's true. We've got three people that can confirm that you got your, <laughs> your candy x-rayed in the eighties and that there was no better time for trick-or-treaters in the eighties. But here's the other thing. You got to make sure you can see, not just people can see you, but that you can see them. Okay. A lot of costumes have masks, things that cover your face. You want to make sure you can see where you're going so you don't fall. Yeah, you don't want to fall into an open manhole cover, which I don't know that there are a lot of those out there. There's not. But you probably don't want to not be able to see your feet. Because Pennywise is down there, and that would be an ugly situation. Wear masks and headgear around the house for a bit so you can kind of get used to seeing out of them, and then you can make those adjustments, make it, maybe making those eye holes a little bit bigger so when you're walking, you're not you're not tripping and you can see traffic. I like it. It makes sense to me. So going back to the kicks... Yes, shoes. It's not about just about light-up kicks. You want to have comfortable shoes, too. So high heels, probably out. Flip-flops, I'm going to say, probably out. I don't know that this is a real problem. I'm just going to say, as a 10-year-old child, I don't remember being horribly burdened by what I was wearing on my feet as long as I was getting sacks and sacks of candy. Yes, and I don't think shoes were that comfortable when we were kids. We walked for hours and didn't think about it. We were more concerned with how light our pillowcase was. And how disappointed we were. I don't think I complained about my feet hurting. I don't think so either. You want to make sure your shoes fit. Right. That's another one of those falling things. You want to make sure that you're. You want to be able to keep up with your friends. No, you don't. Really? If If they're not hanging out with you, they're not really your friends after all. It's not about the shoes. It's about who you're hanging out with. But things to also avoid. You want to avoid baggy. Anything that can get caught 
Capes. Ah, oh, man. Nah, come on. We can do better. Sharp items that could accidentally hurt people. Eye coloring, changing contact lenses that could irritate your eyes. Do we do we do that for just a Halloween costume? Is that a thing that people do? There's somebody doing it right now. Like, okay. I don't know. So some good advice. Like if you don't it. believe us, slip on over to KOCO.com. And yeah, like, yell at them. Don't yell at us. Yeah, don't yell at, yeah, we just kind of went through it a little bit. Well, it's that part of the show. We're there. It's the time where we beg, we steal, we borrow, and we ask you to subscribe. So subscribe and share. It's easy. It's just, it's really easy. Grandma, ask, and they'll show you how to do it. Only an okay show. That's it. Don't you know? Don't you know? I'm Brett. I'm Harley. 